Shalom, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the Mormon Kabbalah Podcast. We're just going to break right in here. We're on chapter 7 of the Book of Remembrance, and it starts off in verse 1 saying, And behold, that Satan tempted Lilith, as I have before told thee, and she departed. But behold, Lucifer, that devil, yea, even that Satan, he remained in the garden. And he came again unto Adam, saying, Behold this world, modeled after that from whence we came. But Adam had no memory of such. Yea, he knew of no other world, or that he was a son of God, yea, even a child of Elohim in the spirit. For he had not tasted of the tree and knew not wisdom. So let's unpack this. We already know the story of Lilith being tempted. She tries to tempt Adam. She flees. She can't come back. She tries to hide from her sins, and she can't. But even though she's not there, Satan is still there, and he still wants to tempt Adam and Eve. Now, imagine this as being us, because it is, and think about a time when you were tempted to do something, and you really didn't know what was right or wrong in that situation. Because that doesn't just happen to us as children. Even as adults, we get caught in situations where we're really not sure what to do. What is, I guess, the moral high ground? And you get caught up in this question of what's right based on an interpretation of the law or the rules or the commandments, whatever it is you're looking at, and what's right to do in that moment. So here we know that God has commanded Adam and Eve and Lilith not to partake of the fruit. We know that Lilith did. So inside ourselves, we'll say we have the Adam, which is the will to bestow. We have the Eve, which is the desire to receive. And then we have the Lilith, who is that seed of wickedness that is, has nothing, doesn't want to have anything to do with God. But the Adam inside of us at this point doesn't really understand when people start talking about things philosophically. We'll say it like that. We have Satan here saying, hey, look around. Look at this world. It's modeled after where we came from. Imagine someone comes to you and says, yeah, look around. Look at all this good stuff here. Isn't it just like where you came from? And you're like, well... No, I I came from Detroit because a lot of people don't necessarily understand that there was a pre-mortal existence. I didn't say that to be anything offensive to Detroit. I was just kind of being funny there. Sorry, does that offended anyone? So Lucifer speaks to him again. Behold, thine eyes are shut tight. Eat of this tree that thou shalt remember and be wise, knowing of whose seed thou art. Now that sounds great, right? Hey, I'm going to give you some of this stuff. It's going to open your mind. It's going to expand your vision. You're going to understand. It sounds like the kind of stuff that you saw back in the uh, 80s and the the movies when someone's trying to get you to take drugs, right? But the reality is that we see this all the time. Read this book. It'll make you smarter. Go to this lecture. You'll be more intelligent. You'll learn so much more from it. Take in from these philosophies of the world. And those philosophies of the world can be the things of God if they are funneled through something other than the Holy Spirit. And that's what's happening here. Satan is talking to Adam 
and he's tempting him, not by lying to him outright, but by telling him just enough truth so that he can deceive him later. In verse 6, it says, But he, Adam, forbade such to come into himself. And Lucifer came and spake unto the man again, saying, Behold, here is some of the fruit of that tree, and it shall make thee wise. And Adam spoke unto him, saying, Yea, I shall not partake of that fruit. Behold, the Lord hath commanded me, saying, That in the day that I should partake of it, I should surely die. Now, he's setting himself up for a trap. He just doesn't know it yet. Because we know that Lilith has already partaken of the fruit. And afterwards, she came and tempted Adam. And so Lucifer grabs a hold of this. And this happens to us even in our own minds, even when we're trying to wrestle out what's right and wrong for ourselves. We've had this happen, right? Lucifer again came unto him a third time in the garden and spake to him, even with the tongue of a serpent, saying, Behold the fruit of this tree, thou fearest to taste of it, yet Hath thou not been freely given to choose? Therefore, thou shalt not surely die, but shall be as Yavah of Elohim. Yea, even as the gods, lowercase g, knowing good from evil. Satan didn't come back right away. He let Adam stew over what he said in their last conversation. Because he knew that when Adam said that he would surely die if he took of the fruit, if he walked away, Adam would think about that, and he would remember Lilith. And that's exactly what happens. Not yet, but it is what's going to happen. So in verse 10, it says, But behold, my servant Adam stood firm upon the rock of my commandments and would not eat. For he knew that Lilith had eaten, and she was to be found in the garden no more, and thus he was blessed. This is a very selfish way of looking at it, right? I'm blessed and the other person isn't because I did the right thing and she did not. And because of that, because of that little bit of self-righteousness, yes, he is standing firm on the rock of the commandment, but rocks can be chiseled down and they're chiseled down by doubts like this. Satan is setting him up for the fall. Satan knows he's not going to be able to get him yet. But he's setting the stage. So remember this part. Satan's going to walk away from Adam now. But Adam is going to stew in the conversation he had with Satan. And I'm telling you this to tell you something else. And that is, this is why we don't talk to Satan. Yes, I'm not trying to tell you that you, you could never doubt. If you're doubting and, and you're a bad person, you're evil. I, I'm not saying that at all. If you have a doubt, you should study that doubt out until you've studied it as thoroughly as it can be studied, because God has the answers to all things. If you need help, reach out to me, dferriman at cjccf.org. I'll be happy to study and pray with you. I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I'm saying that God does, and maybe together we can figure something out. But don't let Satan be the one having the conversation with you. That's the point I'm making. It's okay to doubt. There's nothing wrong with having questions, misunderstandings, differing theologies between multiple people or multiple groups. At the end of the day, the question is, what do you do with it? And we're going to see that what Adam does is he stands alone, thinking about it by himself, and it whittles him down. But let's move on from that for right now, and let's go to Eve in verse 11. 
And it came to pass that Eve too was found in the garden by that serpent, Lucifer. And he spake unto her, saying, Eve, here is some of the fruit of that tree, and it shall make thee wise. Come and behold, for it is delicious to the taste and very desirable. And Eve did not know who this was that would tempt her to disobey the Lord her God. Thus she inquired to know his intent and wherefrom he came. Interesting. Different perspective here, right? Adam's just, nope, I'm not going to do that. Eve is, who on earth would do this? Who, who would tempt me to do this bad thing? But instead of walking away from Satan, she too falls into the same trap. Let's find out who this is. Let's learn more about this person. So in verse 14, it says, And behold, Lucifer did lie unto her, stating in truth that he was her brother, yet he did not reveal that he had fallen from the grace of God, and had kept not his first estate, and was cast out. And he, Lucifer, our common enemy, whom Michael, who is Adam, had thrust out, had been placed in the garden to tempt man and try him, that he may know by his own experience the good from the evil. Now, there's a lot in that. This whole idea of everyone being a big family, including those demonic beings that got cast out. Satan only telling the amount of truth that he wants you to see while ignoring the rest, probably the most important parts, obviously. But the fact that God isn't sending us here to test us so that he can see who we truly are. We are trying ourselves so that we can gain our own experience and our own knowledge of good from evil. Because when we're in the presence of God, when we're surrounded by that light, all we see is the goodness of God. We're drowning in it. And yes, there are some beings that are so wicked, like Lucifer, that they're still going to, even in that light, wallow in that darkness and be cast out and not keep their first estate. But there's also those who don't really fully know, am I really that good or is it just the goodness of God that makes me good? And when we come here, we learn. We will judge ourselves. Christ will judge us by, by coming to us and saying, I love you. And, and that love will either be accepted or we'll be ashamed and we'll hide from it. Because we can't lie to ourselves. We know that God knows and we know that we know. Because we have had the trials, or we will have had the trials of our experiences. So in verse 16, it says, And thus he lied also in stating this, as he is now only a brother to wickedness and darkness, and no longer of the children of Elohim. And thus Eve asked him, Thou say thou art my brother, and come here to persuade me to disobey Yavah, the Lord, who is the very father of my flesh. So, He's, you know, again, still conversing, attacking. How, how do you say you're here, my brother, when you're telling me to do something bad? She should have walked away, but she didn't. And we do the same things. There's times when we get into arguments people when we should walk away. This is one of those times. And it's with someone who at this point is in a position that they will take advantage of the innocence of Adam and Eve. And this is reflecting on the Adam and Eve inside of us. That's what we're really reading here. So Satan will do that. He will try to take advantage of our innocence, our lack of information on something. So Eve's attacking him, and Lucifer comes back angry. In 18, it says, 
And with this, Lucifer became angry and said unto the woman, Behold, I have said nothing of Yavah. Yea, I want thee to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge and good of evil, that thine eyes may be open, for that is the way our very father gained knowledge. I just want what's best for you. How many times do you hear someone say that when all they really want is what's best for themselves? In verse 20, it says, But behold, this was a lie, for Elohim was perfect even in all things, thus being God without beginning or end of days. And Lucifer, being more subtle, said unto her, Behold, ye must eat of this fruit, so as to comprehend that everything has its opposite, good and evil, virtue and vice, light and darkness, health and sickness, pleasure and pain. Thus thine eyes shall be opened, and thou shalt have knowledge. I just want what's best for you. No. What's best for Adam and Eve is to wait until the Lord gives us the fruit of that tree. But Eve represents that desire to receive. So she wants everything that God has to give. So that's a pretty easy temptation. When you have Satan here saying, you want everything that God has to give? Well, he's not letting you have this. But once you have this, you will have everything. And that's why. So go ahead and take it. So thus being tricked by that serpent, in verse 23, Eve did eat, believing there was no other way. God never creates a situation where there's no other way. Thus in her innocence, she did lose her inheritance, and thus began the days of her probation upon the earth. And it came to pass that the woman, having eaten the fruit, her eyes were opened, and she feared what she had done. And that's what always happens, right? In our innocence, we think, oh, this is the only choice. I have to do it this way. If I don't, there's no other options. But once you do it, all of a sudden, snap, you see all of the other things you could have done, all of the other better ways you could have done it. Verse 26, it says, and in her fear, believed that devil again when he taught her to go and give the fruit of that same tree unto Adam. Why is she doing this? Not to rule over him but so that she has someone else in the same situation as her. In verse 27, it says, and this is very wise, and thus it is forever in the days of man. Behold, as one falls, so too do they seek to drag another down, too, that they be not alone in their sins. How many times do we see that? I see it all the time with my kids. One of my kids gets into something, it's like, hey, why don't you get into this too? Yeah, there'd be more for them if they got into the candy or whatever it is alone. But by sharing it, they're sharing the blame. And in their mind, they think, well, the punishment won't be as harsh. It's not like, you know, they're going to punish all of us. But we will. Then in verse 20, it says, and behold, even as men do fall, so too might they be saved. And they that are saved desire to bring others into salvation in Christ. Yea, even as one rises in grace, they desire to lift another up under Christ and salvation. And how many times do you see this? Someone receives the light of Christ. They receive the gospel. They receive the Holy Spirit. They're born again. And what do they want to do? They want to convert the world. Recent converts, new converts are the greatest missionaries because they've got that fire in them. And they want everyone to feel that joy that they are feeling. That's what calls us to the ministry. We want to help people feel that relationship with God that we have. But at this point, we're not there yet. 
right now we're still those kids getting into the candy. Eve's done something wrong and she's trying to get Adam to do it too. In verse 30, yea, and even as Lilith sought to gain profit over her husband, Eve sought only to remain with him and be a helpmate unto him and for him to be a helpmate unto her. And thus we see that even those with good intent might bring forth destruction upon mankind. And so too shall I show unto thee that I was made a savior for him. Obviously Jesus speaking here, as was counseled in the beginning that man may be brought forth by the power of the redemption and the resurrection and come again into my presence and into the presence of the father and with us partake of eternal life and exaltation. Even so, amen. And this is the end of this particular revelation. There's a lot to think about in this, and I could probably continue talking about it for another hour. But what I'd like for you to do is take the time to ponder this yourself. What would you do in this situation? Not how can you be better, but this is you. Think about times in your life when you were in a situation and did you build that relationship with God or did you fall into temptation? And ask yourself, if I'm counseling someone else, if someone comes to me with a trial, how am I going to help them build that relationship? Because the reality is that yeah, God can give us wisdom. God can give us the things to say, but we've got to learn how to speak to people spirit to spirit. We can't just expect to stay this amazing philosophical thing or just this lightning bolt thing and be like, oh, that pastor is so wise. He's so smart. You know, I, I'm going to listen to him because it's not about us. If you do say something that really lights the fire of the Holy Spirit in someone, be sure to take the time to recognize that and say, that feeling you have right now, that's not coming from me. That's from God. We're speaking spirit to spirit right now. Please don't think that, that this is in any way my power or my ability. This is a spiritual gift that we are sharing together right now. So I look forward to meeting with you again next week. We'll go into chapter eight. And until then, shalom and God bless.